Steve, we're back. Ooh. What's up? Another day in paradise? Always. Steve, uh, this isn't an official sponsorship or anything. I'm drinking a Yingling Golden Pilsner for the first time. It's actually not bad. I, have you had one of these before? Uh, they, were, they were in the rotation as the house beer for a while, yes. It's pretty good. Like, I wouldn't drink it. Like, I would r- rather drink regular beer by dick, but... You know, that's what we that's what we call it, beer by dick, because it makes it I'm sound. Sure our listeners, I'm sure our listeners got that. Hopefully, yeah, yeah, it makes it sound super yeah. high fancy and fluent. Um, all right, anyways, this is the stuff Summer says podcast with Steve. Steve, we've got a good show that I came up with off the top of my head four minutes before we decided to do this podcast. Um, now it, it, it's we 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 have a formula here, and I think we we're, we're good with it. Um, we're going to talk about. Last week's game, this week's game, and then, of course, we're going to talk about college game day coming to town because we are a sports media podcast. And on top of that, we've got two sports media topics today. Not one, but two. One of them is Penn State related. Steve holds up the two. And the second one was last night's Peyton and Eli telecast uh, that we'll get to. And then this week's old guy, young guy, I... It's it, you may have seen it, may have voted on my poll already. So we'll we'll Uh-oh. we'll uh, we'll get to it. You ready? Yes, sir. Steve, the uh, the Nits are two and zero, uh, and I'm I'm very happy. Like I'm not like amazed. I don't. They haven't done anything that's wowed me. They haven't. The defense has done things that's wowed me, but that was in Wisconsin. Last week, they didn't really do anything that was like super amazing, but they're playing really smart and smart football teams tend to win a lot of games. And that's why I, I like, I feel very confident that aspect. Um, and I feel like usually when Penn State has a good team, it's because they're either, I don't want to say winning the big plays, like, and I don't want to say they're lucky into it, but it's just things are happening that they're taking advantage of. This year, they're executing properly that they're taking care of the little things that are taking care of the bigger things. I don't know. That's my hot, hot take on on the two weeks so far. They look totally different than they did the beginning part of last season. It seems even with on offense, right? There's an offensive coordinator change. It looks like they know what they're doing. They're confident. There's no hesitation. I mean, as much as that first game last year seemed to throw everything off the rails, they, they, they got out this year and, they're moving along the way that they're doing the things they're supposed to do. We talked last week about Ball State. What do you want to see? What are you excited about? I said, I don't want to be excited. I just want to see them execute and do what they're supposed to do. For the most part, they did. I mean, you can nitpick when the subs came in late in the game if you want to or something like that. But if that's what you're talking about, then you're in pretty good shape. So no, they, they've the, done what they're supposed to do. I saw that. I just gave you the whole, the, the old Joe Paterno, like, hand, yeah. like, ah, yeah. ah, get out of here. That's my Joe Paterno impersonation. Um, no, I, I agree with that. Like, there wasn't, there wasn't anything that, for lack of a better term, pissed me off on Saturday. Like when, you know, I, I, and, and that, that makes me feel good. I don't, I still think the, 
and maybe it was if it was you I was telling this to, I don't remember who I was texting this with. Um, I, I made the analogy that right now this offense is a very nice luxury sedan. It's not quite a sports car yet, but we have, but it can become a sports car. I think on Saturday, this coming Saturday, we're going to see it more of a sports car. But I think right now we're in like a like a Range Rover, like it's a, a higher end model, something. Yeah. And every once Does that in make a while, sense? Yeah, and every once in a while, the guy behind the wheel seems to hit the rumble strips late at night, just a little yeah, bit of actress. You know, it's a little, yeah, little something fun. It just takes a little whatever. So, yeah, no, I think that's fair, and I. You know, for me, um, and this is our analogy when I'm sitting up in the stands with, with our friends, like I'm waiting for the snowstorm. Like when something goes bad, the game, like middle of the third quarter, something goes bad. I'm like, oh, snowball's going to start rolling downhill. Here we go. It's coming. Um, and it came, it got cold early in the game when it was supposed to this past week. Um, you know, and the snowball started rolling downhill and it was, you know, blizzard coming, cold weather. We're, we're going to win. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think Range Rover, snowball, whatever else they're doing, what they're supposed to be doing. Sure. Um, there were a couple of, of plays that I want to talk about. Uh, there was the the little wheel route, I think, to Kevon Lee down in your end zone. That was really nice. It was a good read by Sean. Um, but the play that I, that is sticking out in my head was the, the Quan Robertson touchdown throw. Um, because he put that, like, not to be one of those people who put it on a dime, but he put it on a dime. Like, it was perfect throw. Um, a perfect ball. And it's nice to see that from somebody like that, because just in case there's an, Oh crap moment throughout the season, it's nice to be like, okay, there's somebody here that is at least functional and knows what they're doing. Um, I feel like no offense to will, will Levis. Like I feel like he wasn't quite that it guy last year. And I just feel a little safer. Um, should anything go wrong? Um, what, what are your thoughts on this whole Jesse Lucetta thing? Do you, is it like, do you want him to pick a position or, or are you fine as long as he's just making plays? I'm as fine as, as long as he's making plays. Like, as, right. they, it's their job to find a place to put him on the field and do something with him. I'm fine if he's making plays. And I don't care if, if, it, if they think it frees him up to put somebody else in the field that's going to also help make plays if they move him to one spot or the other. I'm okay with that. Like, I, I their job is to, you know, put the players in a position to make plays and it's the player's job to make plays. Um, and so far that's happening. So, you know, till we get a missed tackle or something else we can grumble about, um, I think I'm okay with it. Well, I am okay with it, period. You and I have seen a lot of plays, defensive plays in Beaver Stadium. Uh, the, you know, that wasn't maybe like the most game-changing per se, but but that interception was one nice. of the best play defensive plays I've seen in a very long time. The other play that is coming to mind off the top of my head, it was the um, Austin Johnson fumble scoop and score. Do you remember that? That was like, yeah. he, that was a very large man running down the sidelines. Right, so um, but that, that I just, a, go ahead. it was a very great catch. I mean, yeah, you know, you thought maybe it's going to get knocked down, but it, it, it gets in his mitts and it doesn't go anywhere. And, and, and takes it and, and comes back to the end zone. So that was – and it wasn't a game champ. Well, it, it was a game um, expediator, right? Mm-hmm. Like we got we – got It was a nail in a coffin. A sooner. Right, like we got to where we were going a little sooner, you know. So yeah. – and I think that was good. And you need a couple of – the good teams get those kind of plays, right? They just get – instead of stuff bouncing off of them or not happening, those are the kind of plays good teams make. And, and so far, they're a good team. Maybe close to a very good team. Anything that you were concerned about? Anything at all? Uh, two games from the offensive line in a row would be good. I mean, you know, this ball state was Did you, good. Okay, so you thought that the offensive line was 
better because I thought they were better on Saturday. Right. And it was Ball State, and they should have been better, right? So right. I think that's my only concern going into Auburn is the SEC teams. I, everybody will talk about speed and what the SEC has athletic-wise that the, the other conferences don't. Maybe not so much now, but it's still kind of under the – under the surface or close to the surface. I think that what they've had through the years, SEC teams all have a big defensive lineman or two who like is just that big body who changes things. Um, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how Penn state handles any of that kind of pressure. Um, but maybe that's a slight concern with the offensive line. Um, yeah, that was so far. So good. You know, just kind of my, my thing too. It's like, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm not too, uh, I'm not losing too much sleep over this football team right now, right now, uh-huh. keyword right, right now, knock on wood. You know, it's early. Exactly. They played Ball State. Um, a fun fact that I learned this weekend about Ball State, and I did not know this because somebody texted me and was like, what the hell is Ball State? And I was like, well, I know it's in Muncie, Indiana, and I have a timeshare in Muncie, Indiana. Do you get that reference? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad that you got that reference. Um, wow. You're really with it, too. That's Because that's a oh, niche yeah, yeah. reference. Yeah, um, but here's what I... Here's what I learned. Ball State is the ball is the like ball cans and ball like jars. I didn't know that. I I was that they were just like, here's a bunch of money. We want you to donate it, make a college, and like I, I guess like yeah, learn something new every day, don't you, Steve? Look at that. That's very good. Yeah, yeah. yes, yeah, you. Uh so that's now now that will never Keep me up at night. Um, all right. <clears throat> Moving on. Uh, Auburn comes into town. Steve, you've been alive a little bit longer than I have. Um, this is the biggest Penn State game since. Oh, wow. Some other non-conference game at Beaver Stadium. Um, is it now? And they're forcing this down our throat a little bit. With Go ahead. Well, I, 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 Go ahead. Give me your answer, and then I want to say what I'm going to say. Uh, my memory is not super good. Like I'm not that guy that's, and I've been in almost all, been all these games, but maybe it's Nebraska in eighty whatever it was. That, You're not uh, going to say the 2002 Nebraska game. Is that the one with Talaferro, right? No, that was the Miami game. game. Well, then maybe it's that one. It's one of those two, I think. Okay. I don't know. I'm starting to I'm wonder if people that. are like overhyping this game a little bit. I don't know. I think the SEC adds to it, right? Like, I mean, because I'm not exactly sure how Auburn, how good Auburn is, but an SEC t- team comes north, which is always news because they just so yeah. rarely do. Um, there's a chance that, I mean, if Penn State's a top 10 team or a better than a top 10 team and Auburn's 25, now again, they started out of the pole, so you got to climb your way up. If that difference is really the difference, and again, maybe it's early and that's going to get, it should be an interesting game. It should be a competitive game but it shouldn't be a huge question mark of a game. Okay. Um, I don't know. What was going to be your, your biggest game since? You know, it's a game that Penn State lost, but that that 20 would be 2018 Ohio State game. That was a very big game. Like people were very jazzed for that game. Um, given everything that happened in 2017, the following year and, and, you know, it ended up being a one score game again. To me, that would that would be the biggest leading into a game. 
the that Nebraska game in 2002, I was eight. I wasn't there, but I do remember how big of a deal that was that, that Nebraska was coming east to play Penn State again and how important that was for the geopolitical sphere of, of college sports, college so to football. speak. Yeah. Um, I, in fact, I remember like, I remember like my bus driver talking to me about that game. Like that's how big of a game it was, which I know that's a weird thing to say, but here's this like 65 year old bus driver talking to this eight year old about Nebraska coming well, to town. But that was the first time they had been back in the stadium since the 82. Right? Yeah. So that, and that game was, you know, nationally televised. And that was back when there was one game on a week. And that was the the weird sideline throw for Penn State and the end zone play for Penn State. And, you know, so, no, I mean, this is a big – I mean, the other thing about making this a big game and overhyping it is it's, it's not as big as the next – not to be like a shill for the 1-0, 1-0, 1-0, but it's not as big as the first conference game is going to be because Penn State could lose this game and all of its stuff is still possible. I mean, mm-hmm. not as good as it wants to be. But mm-hmm. it can still win the conference. It can still, you know, all those things. It's going to hurt to lose at home. Like Ohio State last week losing at home to Oregon. Boy, that sucks for them. Like, I don't, you know, it doesn't matter what they do. That, 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 that's going to hurt for the playoff for them because you lost at home. And so that, right. would be, that would be Penn State's thing. But still, Penn State can still win the conference, can still go to, you know, the bowl game that comes to the conference champion with this, no matter what happens Saturday. Right. Although I think, Saturday is going to be a good outcome, but it doesn't matter. This your, your stuff. The conference game still feels bigger in some ways, even though this feels big. Like it'll be fun. Yeah, fun I, I agree with that because, like, in theory, if Penn State were to win this weekend, not jinxing, um, and then then we go beat Villanova and would beat Indiana, and then maybe one more school before that. There's the Iowa game there. And there's a very real chance that Iowa goes into that game undefeated. And that's a 3-7, 3-6 matchup, you know? It's, it's going to be a big game, and that's going to be Iowa's biggest, probably Iowa's biggest football game ever. Um, but we're not there yet. Um, anyways, I don't know. I just, uh, I, was, I was thinking about that, and I'm like, eh, I don't know. I, I will say one thing that I was thinking about, and I was looking at schedules, future schedules, and all of that. I am very excited about the next few years of non-conference opponents that come into town. Um, and not just like the power five schools. Cause you've got, you have a, uh, you have a home and home with West Virginia after this, mm-hmm. this home and home with Auburn. There's a game with Marshall. There's a game with Nevada, some schools like you don't get to see very often, right. especially on this side of the country. Um, well, Marshall, obviously not, but, and I think Marshall is one of those schools that like, it's sort of in the same vein of like a playing, potentially playing like Robert Morris, a little, obviously a little bit higher, but you know, playing Temple, you know, and Temple right. comes back on the schedule. So, and I just was thinking about that and I'm like, yeah, you know, this is, this is kind of exciting. Um, I feel like, I feel like in the past, in the Joe Paterno era of my lifetime for the most part, other than really that Miami game and maybe that Nebraska game, there wasn't a big non-conference game. Like it was, it was a directional Michigan. It was a UCF before UCF was UCF. And then like Bowling Green, you know? Yeah. Well, Notre Dame came in for the first whiteout, right? That's true. That's fair. It's a good argument. Steve making good argument. And Alabama. 
right. not thinking it through. No, what's interesting to me is how they've balanced them out. Like they've done, they're getting one of these, like when, when, when Coach Franklin joined, his philosophy seemed to be, and I think stated, it was like, hey, we're not going to kill ourselves. We're going to beat some teams at home and right. be okay. And the athletic director came in and said, hey, we need to play some teams. And they seem to have found a, a mix of that, right? Like you're not going to lose the Nevada. You're not going to lose the Marshall. But they're interesting people to see as opposed to a MAC team or something else. So you feel like you're seeing something different. And at the same time, you have West Virginia on the schedule. you got the home and home with Auburn. You know, so I think they found a happy medium together of stuff that works um, and makes sense for them. You know, I mean, in Penn State, did you know, they've done the neutral site stuff before. I know Coach Franklin talked about this week in his press conference about doing the neutral site thing. It just like it would sound like the start of the season. And, you know, I don't know why you'd want to give up a home game. I mean, but – Unless that neutral site was was MetLife again, because MetLife was right. But even then, you're not seeing it right. Right, you're not seeing a different fan base unless they're talking about doing the the thing in Dallas or something like that. But man, then you're talking playing Clemson or Alabama or that's travel. There is that in 2025. There's an open spot, and that would be a Power Five spot by the big the current Big Ten rules. Who knows? That could all change by then. Right. That's what I'm looking for. All right. Your guest picker pick. It is. I wrote about this. It'll come out. I mean, that's that's the weakest part of Penn State for whole game day thing, right? Like yeah. the, 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 No, I was like, I've been struggling because like they've already used so many of the ones that you could potentially use that there's only a couple left. Yeah, and I don't, I'm not I would like a, a listener to be recovered enough, but nobody knows her enough. Like, I mean, but you're mm-hmm. a cup goalie. Like, but that's still not a list enough to do it. Um, I don't know. Like, I just don't know. There's no concert the night before that makes sense. Like, I mean, I'd, I'd almost be happy if they pulled an Auburn guest picker out and Charles Barkley. Charles Bar- I think it's – in my heart of hearts, I believe it's going to be Charles Barkley because I think Charles Barkley is going to show up. And, and, and it's like Charles Barkley. Like, it's not somebody that's like – like no Penn Stateers would be like, screw you, Charles Barkley. Like it's Charles Barkley. You know what I mean? Right. And right. he he's from well, he's not from PA, right? But he played for the 76ers. Right, right. So you get so right. you got that time. Totally forgot that. Yep. Um so you don't have a pen do you have a Penn State pick at all? Like none. No. Any? No, because they've done the Keegan Michael Key. They've done the good morning, they've done Lara Spencer, they've done I mean they've done Kajana Carter years ago. Like no, there's just not an A-list. Oh, it's got to be them. And, and and it's the second week of the NFL season, so nobody's off. So you're going to yeah. have a former player back. I don't think it's going to be a former. Like, a lot of people seem to think it's going to be a former player no. that's in the NFL, and I just don't think it's going to be that. I mean, the shame of it is, like, last week, Ashton Kutcher was wonderful on Iowa, Iowa State. Like, he was energetic. He was fun. People knew him. You know, if you're looking for TV, if you're looking for TV production and reaction from the crowd, Charles is the guy. Yeah, I don't know if they, if they, but they just typically don't do it with the with the away team. So I'm my, just like a totally neutral guest. My thought, my thought is Ty Burrell still has not done it, and but like I don't know if he's like Penn State enough. Like I don't well, think people associate him. Like he has a Penn State degree, but it was like a master's degree. Well, not that there's Keegan a, Michael Keegan Michael Key. Key, I think level. same same program. Yeah, right. So, so I guess that argument's out the window. Um. That would be my, like, that's who I would want to see. Uh, who I think it is, I think it's Charles Barkley. Um, I mean, there was a couple other names that I come to mind. Some people really seem to think it's be Michael Motti because of his tweet, but, like, I don't think he's national curb appeal. Like, 
Michael Motti does not have to pay for a drink in State College ever again, but I don't think people know who he is. Yeah, and even for me, like God forbid the Mottis and family listen. If it's Michael, okay, then we we underdelivered on the guest picker. Like I, I mean, it's wonderful, but if you know, it's just um, I mean, it's not the, it's not gonna be the men's basketball coach. Like Shrewsbury isn't yeah, no, it's not like Coach K or, or um, yeah. I mean, of the coaching staff, Kale. Um nationally maybe. famous and no what about what about david taylor olympic champion Ooh, that's a good one because people a lot of people would recognize david taylor outside of like olympic he's champion. he's yeah that's a good one that's a good one my still down and past deadline but now i kind of like that one yeah that's a that's a really good one my still like low-key pick that i think is is very funny it's always said every year and he doesn't really have a tie to the university other than a parent is Ryan Seacrest. Right. I think that would be like the, yeah, I think that would be the other good one. All right. Well, we'll see who's right. Um, All right. Moving on. We've got a, let's, I don't want to take too, too much time on this one, but uh, let's, let's discuss this because I don't want to fuel the, uh, I don't want to fuel the fire on this. But I, it's really just annoying the crap out of me. Um, Clay Helton got fired, and you texted me literally within the hour of him getting fired. All right, how long until Franklin's the head coach? Today, you texted me uh, how long till Franklin starts calling us the previous institution. Um, Steve th- seems to think that James Franklin is going to USC. And I don't think that, but I, I kind of sort of think that you might think that. And Here's what amazed me about this time around is like a few years ago, I could see it happening. I could see James Franklin when Penn State kind of hit that plateau and it still is in that plateau, so to speak, of like that 1819 plateau. Not really taking the next step per se that they need to take. Um, eh, eh, recruiting classes, which I say that with a quotation mark because they were still top 25. Um, and Lord knows that we haven't always had those, but I, I, it just like, doesn't make sense now. It doesn't make sense now. And, and Corey Gagger wrote a column, Dave Jones wrote a column, a couple other people wrote a column. And I, I would not have a job probably without Corey Gagger. Um, but I just have to disagree with that idea that he would even consider the USC job right now. And then I thought about it for a little bit. And I don't think he's going to consider it. And I, But I don't know if Sandy's tired of playing this game with him where he might go leverage it and get more money for not necessarily him, but Mike Yersich or Brent Pry or, you know, any of the other coaches on staff. Or, hey, we, we need a little bit of an upgrade of Haluba Hall. Um, could you help us out with that? Something like that, that that does make you think about it because James Franklin is smart that way. But when you look at where Penn state is at right now, best defense could be what could be the best defense since the nineties, like the LeVar Arrington defense. Um, There is massive momentum with this program building. There's a number one recruiting class sitting out there right now. um, That is probably going to stay in the top five when it's all said and done. And then when you think about the logistics of 
all of the crap that everyone's gone through in the last year. And James Franklin has certainly been somebody that's heavily affected by it because he hasn't even been with his family for a majority of the last year and a half now. I, I just don't see him being like, yeah, I'm going to go to USC, which is like basically the same level job as Penn State, but I'm behind, let's see, I'm behind the Lakers, the Clippers, I would argue behind the Dodgers, behind maybe the Kings, and I don't know, maybe even some of these MLS franchises out there, at least, I, I don't, or even UCLA, like much more attractive to just stay in Pennsylvania, much easier to stay in Pennsylvania. Anyways, I don't want to get into that, because, but I just... Logistically, what annoyed me about that from the media perspective was we didn't even get the Clay, like Clay Hilton fired. And then it was like, here's people that might be taking it over. And James Franklin is the number like three odds guy already. I don't know, Steve, I'm fired up. Can you tell? Yes. And I'm going to try not to be fired up, even though I probably am too. I agree with what you said. I guess my question is, then why is his name always associated with another job? If he really doesn't want to leave, if his agent really knows he doesn't want to leave, do people just not believe him when he says he doesn't? Does he not stake his flag in the ground firmly enough, which is my belief, because he has the plausible deniability of saying, I don't want it to have a distraction. I don't want to talk about it. I know you're not talking about it. Your agent, Trace Armstrong's talking about it. Like you aren't doing it. That's how you got the stuff the past two times this has happened. And to me, this is the third time this is happening. And that's what's frustrating about it. And, and being here, being here, it feels as if they aren't, they are, the family is embedded in the community. They aren't working to be ingrained in the community. And it feels different. It feels like maybe they're not loving it here. Maybe they'd like to be in a city, you know, but I think USC is the worst job for every possible reason on the planet, right? Even if they give you the same money, the money's not worth as much out there, out there as it is here. You got traffic, you got schools, you got 15th on the pecking list of sports teams. People that are complaining about James Franklin as a coach from Penn State fans are just nitpicking. Dude, yeah. nine, ten games a year. Like, it's just nitpicking. And that's your biggest problem. You're going to go out there and be irrelevant for a while, have to build everything up all over again, still get paid the same amount of money. Nobody may pay attention to you, even though it's a bigger media market. And if it is a bigger media market, people, when this kind of stuff comes up at a news conference, as happened today in, in his news conference, aren't going to ask just one little question about distractions and let it go. They're going to keep asking you stuff, right? So there's some, there's some good things about being a big fish in a, in a small pond here. And this is not a small pond. Penn State football has never been irrelevant, has always been a national power. Even in the darkest days, it was news because it was a dark day. So I think logically there's no reason to move. But I'm fr for me, it frustrates me as a fan, and I'm conceited and cynical enough not to be a big fan, but I just don't understand why it keeps coming up. Like, if you really don't want it, then you have your agent smack it down so it doesn't come up. I, that so weird to me. Remember when you said you weren't going to get fired up because you got fired I know, up? I know. Um, here's my I, – I understand what you're saying, uh, and I, I thought he could have done a little bit better job of squashing it, but – he, I think he, like I said, I think he's picking and choosing his battle here to try to milk out a little bit more money. Here's my thing with it, though. We didn't even get to that point. Like we're we're we were like within an hour of legitimately within an hour of him getting fired was we're already talking about this as being an opportunity. Like I, I like I think it's just such an idea that's already out there that 
or beyond that point. Like, 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 it's like, I can't even, like, I don't know what else you would associate this with, like, or relate this to. Um, but it's like, it's like anytime, anytime it's July 1st and everybody's like Bobby Bonilla day, like, it's kind of the same thing. Like we're getting to like, it's like a Pavlov dog, Pavlov dog response. But I guess, I guess there's a part of me that wants him to say, look, this happens every three to five years and I'm tired of it. I'm here. This is the only place I want to be. I want to grow old here. I want someone to tell me I have to leave here. I'm not leaving on my own. I love this place. I would love him to be that in. And maybe he gives up leverage by doing that. I don't think you, I think he's too smart. He's too smart as a, not a businessman, but a businessman to give up that leverage. Cause he knows, I think, cause he knows he doesn't have the leverage of winning a national title or winning a college football playoff game yet, but he knows that he's almost there. And he knows that if he just hangs on to that little bit of leverage, he can actually get there a little bit quicker. And then once he gets there, we're, we're not having this conversation. Like, like we're not the only place that we're ever having this conversation about with Dabo about is Alabama. And like, but I think Dabo is going to stay at Clemson for a long time. Hell, Brian Kelly, for you, for example, like Brian Kelly is going to stay there for a long time. You know, Saban, we all know that Saban is going to be Joe's age, at least when he's, I feel like when he's all said and done. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I wish you would have squashed it. I agree with you, but I, I'm, I, I don't even, I don't think he's spinning. I don't think he's, his guy's spinning it the same way. Yeah, and I think this is the only place he's going to be able to reach his goal of, of being the first African-American coach to win a national championship. I think yeah, he can do that no. much easier here. It's not going to be easy, but he can do it much easier here than he can at USC or anyplace else. Yeah, I just don't. I, and real quickly, and then I'll shut up. I don't think the USC job is that sexy to me. Like, there's no, like, I have no desire. I've, I got into a couple arguments with some friends, not arguments, but conversations with friends today about that. And I just have no desire to take that job. Like, I, I don't know who would want it. Yeah. It's awful I, for all the reasons we talked about. I mean, you know. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. The Coliseum does not seem like a great place. Hey, but they're putting a NASCAR race in there. Oh, that'd be a great Beaver Stadium event. Little, just like Bristol, be the same thing. Little, little sprint track. Maybe. Um, I read about the I'm going on a sidebar here. I read about the the football stadium that has still has its NASCAR license is a quarter mile track that they're gonna that they base it off of. It is a it's an NCCAA school, I think yeah. is what it is. Uh, or it's a division two school, but they still have the track and like <laughs> it's kind of weird. You like there's a race car track and then there's a there's a football field. Um Weirder than like the Bristol setup. All right. Yeah. Speaking of good old Southern boys, um, Peyton and Eli, Steve, we, we had, I gave you some homework, so to speak, to watch the Monday night football Peyton and Eli telecast. I loved absolutely every second of it that I was awake for. I fell asleep because I was tired, but that, that's because I was tired. I, it, it was, it was, like I thought Peyton might have needed a little bit of Ritalin to settle down, but it was just like enjoyable television because it was everything you love about Peyton, everything that you're supposed to love about Eli, I guess. Cause he was like kind of sitting there a little bit annoyed. I felt like, yeah. and, and then, and then like, but they, but they, they talked about football at the high level that I wanted them to talk about it, but they also just kind of talked like they just were just having a conversation. And that's, 
what I wanted from that. Um, ratings wise, it it didn't do terrible. It got five percent of like the people that watched the Monday Night Football game last night basically watched it. Um, 0.8 million people out of the 15.3 million. That's from sports TV ratings. Great Twitter follow. Um, that's what apparently ESPN was hoping for was that like three to five percent of the, the market share. I think from what I was reading then also because this game was ABC, I'll, some people tend to think that more people, if the game was not on ABC, would have watched the, the ESPN2 broadcast. Um, what did you think about it, Steve? Um, maybe I more people would have watched it. It felt kind of like inside baseball, inside football stuff, but it was great. The, the, there were brother, there was brotherly stuff. Eli was looking for some oxygen to get some some airtime every once in a while. They were they had the guests in, which kind of rotated in, which brought it some life, which was interesting. But then was the and it was light early on, and then when it got close, right, you could see them watching, like and Peyton especially, like looking at screens, and and you could see him tense up. And, and, and talk about what was going to happen and what should happen. And it was funny. People, people are so impatient and so judgmental. And I'm raising my hand. I'm in that crowd too, about how stuff happens. But some of the national, the, the national people tweeting, oh, they're not being, they're not being critical of the quarterback play. They're not doing, when it got late in the game, they did. You know, they talked about, you know, what Jackson wasn't stepping this way on throws. And when he's doing stuff, this isn't going to work. It, they did, they did do analytical inside football things that made sense. But they kept it like there was conversation. It was it was good. It was fun. But then it was interesting to see them, Peyton especially, like just get focused and start looking at like you knew he knew the team's trend. He had done some research like he was it was good stuff. You could tell like he, he did a good job of explaining his brain waves, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like like I imagine that that's what what Peyton's mind is like. And for a lot of people, myself included, sometimes it's very hard to explain yourself and explain like your thought process, especially on something like I struggle with, with it in my job every day is like when I'm trying to teach somebody how to do something, well, you just kind of do this and this and this, and then you do that. And, and a lot of the times that's not successful because that has no guide on, on really how, how or why. And I think he did a good job of doing the why. Um, I thought the smoke alarm was pretty funny. I yep. thought, I thought the Charles Barkley thing was great. But I thought the Ray Lewis part was probably the best part that I I watched. Like it was because Ray Lewis is somebody to me shrouded in uh, mysteriousness, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it kind of peels back his curtain. And I find that's one of the reasons why I like Pat McAfee's show is because he gets those types of people on that he knows and can kind of get that those layers off the onion. Um. I did think at times it at times maybe could have used a moderator or a host to kind of be like, all right, we're headed to commercial here. And like, cause there were a couple of times that they just kind of cut off going to commercial, but I, was but I don't like, want them. I don't want that host ruining right. the, the vibe, you know? And, and they were trying to figure that out. Cause they, they got cut off a couple of times. And then Peyton later was like, okay, we got a commercial coming up and tried to wrap it up. Cause it must've been somebody in his ear. I'm okay with it being cut off. I mean, maybe we missed something. Hopefully not. But, but that's the live aspect of it, and they, and they were doing okay. I I thought they did a a good job with that. I thought the guests were great. Um, it was fun. Like, I mean, if I'm just going to listen to a game in background noise, and if the stewards aren't playing, it's probably just background noise for me anyway. I would rather hear them than the announcers. I could look up. I could see all the on-screen graphics and see what was there, and I could hear them talking football and what was going on. 
Um, and I think it's only going to get better. I, I think they're going to figure out what they're doing. I don't think we, I think they need to figure out how to pace themselves. I don't know that I want another voice because I don't want less of either one of them. Cause I feel yeah. like at times Eli was getting, you know, there was a little less at times. Um, Which I expected out of Eli though. He's, he's always kind of been the more reticent one. I will say I, I did text one of my friends who is a Ravens fan. And I said, are you watching the regular broadcast? Or are you watching the Peyton and Eli broadcast? And he said, I would be watching the Peyton Eli cast if the Ravens weren't playing. Which is, which I think, and I was thinking about like, I was, when I was watching the game, like if the Steelers were playing tonight, I would probably just watch the regular broadcast. Like I don't, I don't want this because I'm too stressed out and too focused on the game that I don't want to, because I like, we were watching it last night, like Anna was talking and I was like, look, like this is kind of like a podcast. Like I want to hear what they're saying. Like I, my, Conversation, no offense, isn't with you. It is with Peyton and Eli right now, so to speak. I'm just not yeah. saying it. And Peyton, and Peyton was 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 prescient in a way. You know, he talked about going for big plays and not doing mundane stuff, and and that's how they ended up winning in overtime, right? You know, they they, they looked like they were going to just trudge along and try to get down the field or maybe get to a field goal range, and they threw the pass and won. So it was it was good. It was it was what I had hoped for. And what I'll be back for in subsequent weeks, whenever the Steelers aren't playing. Yeah, I will definitely watch it. Um, I will definitely watch it. All right. Anything else you want to add there? Nope. I'm sure they're glad to have two more viewers guaranteed. Yeah, no, I think, I I mean, I, I think normally when something like this is done, usually the second time around, they're, they're going to have less viewers. I think they're going to have more because I feel like people feel like they missed out. Like, I think a lot of people are going to realize that they missed out. And I think they're going to have, they'll have guests every week that rotate through. So, every, you know, every, every retired NFL player that's played against Peyton in some way is going to try to get on there. And even some current players when they're off week, they're going to be like, hey, I'll do that. So I'm sitting around nothing Monday night watching the game anyway. So I think that'll add some fun to it, too. Yeah. All right. You ready for this week's old guy, young guy? Yeah, I'm sitting down. Okay. It's nothing stressful. So here is a conversation that we keep having in the Summers family household, um, especially at this time of year. Uh, and this is probably the second or third year in a row that we've had this. We were discussing dinner plans for the week. We, we try to do, Anna tries to do all of the shopping when she goes shopping, like a couple of days in, in advance. And we are cooking shrimp tomorrow night, some type of shrimp tomorrow night. And on the side, she wanted corn on the cob. And I was like, you want that on the side? She's like, yeah. I was like, well, we don't do that. Like, I, I don't do that. Like, I eat. Like that's a meal. Corn on the cob is a meal. At this point in the year, when corn on the cob is fresh, it's a meal. Steve, I want to know, have you ever, well, not ever, is is when you have corn on the cob in the Samsel household, either now or growing up, did you ever have it just as a meal? Like, like yes. just like. Well, because I'm sure Anne is still listening to this part of the show and I am not about to offend her. Yes, that has happened, but it has also happened where it's, like corn in the cob and maybe a hamburger too, like as a meal at home. So corn in the cob and like shrimp tacos or something or whatever it is you're doing. Because then you just eat, you know, an ear or two as opposed to like three, right? Like that's, it's a portion size difference. In Wait, that's all you would eat when it's meal? Oh no, I would eat more than that. I was trying to- I would to eat six. Like that's like at least six. Oh, oh yeah. Well, well, in our household, it's, Susan's kind of a corn snob. So it's, it's, it's only white, she only likes white corn on the cob, smallish kernels, right? Jeez. So like, 
So if you guess wrong and it's not the best stuff, you know, or even if you get something that she's going to try and it's not the best stuff, then there's, it's cooked on. And sometimes, yeah, it's six years of corn. Let me me find this poll. Um, Okay. So I ran a poll yesterday on Twitter and I said, the question was, is corn on the cob acceptable as a meal? There were 35 vote votes, 65, 65% of people said no. They're wrong. That's just bizarre to me that there are people out there in this world that like we growing up, my mom and I, me growing up, I guess, would eat corn on the cob like in August, August like 15th to like September 30th. That was a once a week meal, basically. In our yeah, and you might have like fresh tomatoes or something with it, though, like something maybe, right? Like I don't like tomatoes, but sure, okay, sure. Little salad. So side salad. It's so, but like when have you within the last this year when corn's been fresh or in the last five years had it just corn on the cob that is the meal nothing else yes just this year and typically annually like so when i grew up my grandfather had a farm right so there were the days the corn came in and we did we did corn so we would get 400 years of corn 500 years of corn husk them all boil them all in big pots and pans cool them off and then shave them off with a corn cutter and then freeze that corn that came off of there to have corn throughout the year that was like cream corn homemade kind of stuff so that day those days were like that's all there was to eat was corn when you would when you would eat your corn do you boil do you boil your corn i do i don't do like i'm not smart enough to do the grill stuff or the microwave stuff or whatever so i've i'm not smart enough to do the microwave thing because the microwave trick is like too you gotta like turn it and twist it too many numbers but i will say my life changed the first time I put corn on, on a grill. It, it is so much better. Everybody has told me that. So I guess I need to try that at some point. I don't know if we'll have, if the local place has any stuff left to try that on Sunday when we get back or. It's, you know, it's just me. good. It's just, it's simple. And, and, and the other thing that my, my life has changed by coming down here and in the crab state is putting old Bay on it. I, that is, that would be good. Good. That would be a game changer. Uh, what's your, are you a popcorn? Are you a popcorn kind of guy, Steve? No, I'm not a big popcorn guy. Mm, see, we're a big know, popcorn just, family. They make me thirsty. Susan's probably I probably weaned her off of that. It's probably not good for me. So probably gonna go have some popcorn tonight. All right. Um, anything else you want to add? Anything? No. Now I'm hungry for corn. Okay. Darn you. Um. Well, this is a good show. Um. Follow us on Twitter at Stuff Summer Says and at Steve Samsel. We've got an email, Stuff Summer Says Podcast at gmail.com. Give us five stars and all the apps. Um, anything else I'm missing, Steve? Enjoy the wedding and I hope to get hope you get to see as much of the game as possible. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, we're out of here. Okay, bye.